Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Good evening and welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. It is Sunday, February 4th, 2024. My name is Mark Daly and yes, it is still February 2nd, 4th fourth this is the fourth can't remember anyways it's 11 o'clock here pacific time is getting late wanted to jump into the studio tonight and just uh, talk about a couple of things before we get into that just want to give a big shout out to, to the race weekend magazine go check them out at the raceweekend.com that's r-a-c-e-w-k-n-d.com enter our promo code scuderia pod at checkout to, to receive a 10 percent uh uh, discount at checkout also check out racing exclusives.com they got a lot of fantastic uh, merch over there and it all comes with a certificate of authenticity and of course jt the human who is the artist behind that incredible opener that we have uh, for for the podcast so we're going to get into it here in a moment uh, i know that the weekend is winding down tomorrow is monday and monday is never an easy day it's not for me not that <laughs> nothing gets any easier tuesday wednesday thursday or friday but monday always has a bit of an ominous ring to it but Anyways, wanted to jump into the studio tonight because there is so much that's been going on over the last couple of days. And obviously, with uh, first of all, the, the Andretti denial uh, from uh, for, for their bid to join a Formula One that came out on Wednesday. Then the news of Lewis Hamilton switching to Ferrari coming out on Thursday. Talked about that on the pod on Thursday night. And, you know, honestly, that was a, a really fortunate timing because it seems like every time there's huge news, it always seems like it's always a day or so afterwards. We have to jump in with the emergency pod, but uh, at least uh, this time it worked out uh, quite well for just uh, the, the, the regular podcast. But I was thinking about it. I have to think that, uh, at least from my point of view, that's got to be the biggest uh, sports news that I've. Uh, ever come across in my entire life i mean absolutely gigantic right i mean it, it came completely out of nowhere and we're going to talk about it in a, in a minute because i mean even total wolf didn't know about it until wednesday of this week called a team meeting for thursday afternoon or wednesday afternoon and uh before you knew it it was became a thing and blew us off to ferrari on a on a, on a long-term uh, contract so why don't we get into this uh, right now and i mean one of the reasons i wanted to talk about this uh, tonight was that uh, lewis uh, made uh, an instagram post on saturday to explain a little bit more about what had been going on his reason for for switching from uh, mercedes to ferrari so i want to talk about that because it gives a little bit more context okay sure it's not quite the same as uh, lewis uh, sitting down and uh, and giving a, a live interview or something like that but still lewis is uh, usually incredibly thoughtful and articulate in his instagram posts and things like that so uh, i'm just going to kick it off uh, and just read uh, verbatim what, uh, what what he posted yesterday anyways uh, lewis hamilton said on instagram quote it's been a crazy few days which have been filled with a whole 
range of emotions. But as you all know, after an incredible 11 years at Mercedes, the time has come for me to start a new chapter in my life, and I will be joining Ferrari in 2025. I feel incredibly fortunate achieving the things uh, with Mercedes that I could only have dreamed of as a kid, that I now have the chance to fulfill another childhood dream, driving in Ferrari Red. Mercedes has been a huge part of my life since I was 13 years old, so this decision has been the hardest I've had ever had to make. I'm incredibly proud of what we've all achieved together, and I'm very grateful for the hard work and dedication of everyone I've worked with over the years, and of course, Total Wolf for his friendship, guidance, and leadership. Together, we have won titles, broken records, and become the most successful driver team partnership in F1 history. And of course, I cannot forget Nikki Lauda, who is a huge supporter and who I still miss every day. I must also share my huge appreciation to the whole of Mercedes-Benz board and everyone at the company in Germany and around the world for supporting me over these 26 years, but the time is right to make a change and take on a new challenge. Uh, I still remember taking that leap of faith into the unknown when I first joined Mercedes in 2013. I know some of the people didn't understand at the time, but it was uh, right to make the move then and is the feeling I have again now. I'm excited to see what I can bring to this new opportunity and what we can do together. However, right now, I'm not thinking about 2025. My focus is on the upcoming season and getting back on track with Mercedes. I'm more driven than ever. I am fitter and more focused than ever, and I want to help Mercedes win once again. I'm 100% committed to the job I need to do and determined to end my partnership with a team on a high. Thank you to all of you that have been on my journey uh, with me. You have uh, helped uh, lift me up as I chase my dreams, and I hope you can continue to make you proud. As always, sending you my love and positive energy, end quote. So there you go. A little bit of uh, insight uh, from, from Lewis Hamilton. Doesn't really get into the exactly what made him trigger that release clause with that uh, newly signed uh, Mercedes contract, and that really was the uh, the, the real shock of it, right? Was that uh, it, it seemingly came out of nowhere, but apparently Apparently earlier this week, so what uh, Lewis Hamilton and Total Wolf have done for many years is that uh, before the start or the start of the season, Lewis and Toto would have a, a meeting, kind of a breakfast brunch uh, meeting at Toto's home in England, and talk about things. And apparently that's uh, what happened uh, this week. And apparently uh, that's when uh, Lewis uh, dropped the uh, you know <laughs> dropped the, uh, the 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 big news. I mean, of course, I mean Total Wolf uh, would have known that uh, you know that I mean those rumors that. Uh, uh, Lewis has been uh, meeting with uh, you know some of the the, the higher ups at uh, Ferrari. That's been going on for uh, a while. So you know it's very very surprising way they did it. But um, you know the the other thing that was uh, interesting too was that and you know it's a classy move that uh, what, what Lewis did. I mean he told uh, uh, Toto face to face, and um, you know there, there was some speculation out there that the end of January may have been some very important date in in Lewis's contract. That uh, maybe if he wanted to make a move maybe you had to do it to by this time but apparently it's a lot simpler than that i mean it just uh, you know from what i've been able to understand and just uh, doing a bit of research is that uh, hamilton wanted to, to to do it because he wanted to tell uh, a total face to face and this was the first time that he could do that rather than sending a letter or a phone call or through his lawyers or whatever the case uh, may be which is a uh, completely different what uh, nico rosberg lewis's former mercedes teammate uh, did after winning the the, the world champion championship in 2016 he couldn't do it in person so he he actually did it in a phone call to total wolf at the airport after they spent you know 
however many hours it was uh, flying back from the Middle East to, to, to Europe, because, you know, if you go back, I mean, of course, uh, I know a lot, uh, many people that listen to this podcast are newer Formula One fans that, uh, you know, the generation uh, drive to survive. But uh, I mean, if you've been uh, around and can remember back to eight years ago almost now that's kind of scary well a little bit over seven i mean it was um you know 2016 november 2016 when uh nico rosberg won his uh, championship and that is kind of scary because that doesn't actually seem all that long ago anyways the point is i mean he he, he won that uh, championship and in very short order decided to, to to retire i remember seeing a video on twitter or instagram or whatever it was i mean he probably posted it in a couple of uh, different places but he uh he pulled the plug very quickly, and uh, I, w- I was very surprised to, to hear afterwards that uh, that that Rosberg couldn't handle telling Total Wolf the, the the fact that he was going to retire, he was going to leave the team. And uh, I know a lot of it, uh, you know, hearing Nico talk about it uh, subsequently was that he just didn't want to go through with it uh, again. You know, it had taken so much out of him personally, the the dedication and the cost that it came to him personally to to dedicate his life to winning a Formula World World Championship was it was mission accomplished. And for some drivers, like Lewis, obviously, seven-time world champion, Max Verstappen, three-time world champion, like a Sebastian Vettel, four world championships, that uh, I wouldn't say one wasn't enough, but certainly for Nico Rosberg, he got that uh, world championship, decided, you know, I got my chip, you know, I think it's time to, to to hang it up. But I thought it was very different, just or very different to the the way that uh, that that Rosberg announced his uh, his retirement, the way that he was leaving his team compared to Lewis Hamilton. I find that. Uh, not very classy. Let, let's just uh, call it like it is. Of course, it's never easy to to tell someone that uh, that that you're leaving. Well, maybe in some cases it is, but uh, especially after winning a world championship uh, with the uh, Mercedes, it's obviously a very difficult uh, thing for 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 Nico to say. I mean, I guess it's worked out okay for him. I mean, he was. Um, I don't know if he still is, but he was for um, at least for some point uh, was an ambassador for Mercedes and you know, set for life and, uh, went on to, uh, pursue other things. Lewis doing the classy thing and, uh, telling Toto Wolf uh, in person that he wasn't uh, going to, to come back. But Toto did have a, uh, you know, speak to the, the, the media later in the week. And, uh, you know, he knew that, uh, that there were going to be some, you know, risks in the fact that, uh, he signed a shorter term contract uh, with the Mercedes compared to a uh, Ferrari. And when, uh, when Toto was speaking to some of the media on Friday, he had to say, quotes, we are very aligned when we went into the Christmas period. We've said that in public and in the team, you need to ask Lewis why he changed his mind, how he framed it to, to me is perfectly understandable that he needed a new challenge and that he was looking for a different uh, environment. And that was uh, maybe the last possibility to do something else. We're big boys. We knew that uh, by signing a short-term contract, it could be a benefit uh, for both sides. We couldn't commit for a longer period, and he's taken the option to exit. We totally respect that you can change your mind. There's a different circumstances. Switching to Ferrari may be the last gig in his career, maybe rolling the dice a bit. I can follow that uh, decision. I think that maybe one of the considerations was the opportunity to sign a long-term contract with Ferrari and really give it a go at a uh, big go at the end of his uh, career. We didn't talk about whether the opportunity was better there or with us because 
I don't think you can say. At the end of the day, he is the most successful driver. We've had a sensational spell and journey together, and that's something that will go down in the history books and also in the Mercedes history books. Um, Toto did go on to say, quote, there's a surprise I heard a couple of days earlier, but we had waited to, wanted to wait for the breakfast we had planned, and uh, it was Wednesday morning. This is when he broke the news. You know, with Mia, you can be very straightforward because I'm straightforward too. So once he said, this is what I'm trying to do, that was the, the fact. I didn't try to convince him otherwise, but just look forward. Okay, what are we going to do about communications? What was the timing? How do we t- protect the team best? And how do we protect this 2024 year to be successful together with our two drivers without causing too much uh, awkwardness? It's not like uh, someone that uh, I like a lot is disappearing. He's just changing teams. And we've been very conscious in signing the contract that it could happen. Maybe the timing was a surprise, but I think that to many black swans swimming in front of me, the unexpected. And I think in F1, it's all about agility and being able to embrace the change of circumstances. End quote. <clears throat> Excuse me. Actually, there was uh, one other little quote here I uh, skipped over. Toto did also say, quote, uh, no, it doesn't hurt because I need to keep calm and decide how we're going to best manage the 2024 season and what decisions need to be made going forward. End quote. So, I, I don't think there's any real surprises in there. I mean, he just uh, confirms once again that uh, that that himself and Lewis met uh, at Toto's house, house for a uh, breakfast meeting, kind of a relaxed uh, thing on Wednesday. And uh, obviously, the release call, clause in the shorter term contract was a risk, and uh, they're aware of it. I just thought it was kind of interesting how a couple of times he kind of like uh, dropped in the you know the end of his career at his age. Those kind of like uh, comments uh, right there, or the last gig in his career was another. One that uh, that he used maybe didn't uh, refer to Lewis specifically by age, but end of his career, last gig of his career, something like that. You know, I wouldn't say that uh, that, uh, that that Toto has uh, sour grapes. Maybe he does, but I thought uh, the way that he worded it uh, was was kind of interesting, and uh, perhaps that was a, a little bit uh, of a slip. Anyhow, um, you know, if you go around and you do a little bit more poking around, and again. You, Formula One contracts, it's not like you hear that, um, you know, so-and-so's signed a contract in the NFL or in the NBA, Major Leagues, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, Major League Baseball or any of the big uh, European uh, or any big uh, soccer league around the world, usually here for the transfers and weekly wages in soccer and, you know, length and term of contracts and uh, all the big uh, American sports as well. Formula One, never really hear anything, pardon me. But very interesting, some of the things that have kind of uh, leaked out is that um, something to consider because apparently the, you know, Hamilton potentially turned down a two-year deal that was worth over $50 million uh, per season. And then uh, Ferrari chairman John Elkan uh, started to, to take over with the negotiations. And then Ferrari apparently made a wish of uh, Lewis Hamilton's come true with an investment to his Mission 44 organization and uh, some other perks and bells and whistles going his, uh, you know, uh, you know towards uh, Lewis and some of the other things that he's going on. So apparently uh, the what Lewis is going to be uh, are going to get paid is uh, more than 80 Seven million dollars for 2025 with the option to extend in 2026 and a quarter of that is going to go to mission 44 and Elkan as uh, John Elkan is offered to also create a joint investment fund uh, via Ferrari's parent brand Exor and that's going to be worth over 270 million dollars where Hamilton would serve as an ambassador for his uh, portfolio with uh, Ferrari so apparently uh, Mercedes had denied uh, Hamilton's uh, proposal to serve as an ambassador 
computer until 2035. That seems kind of crazy. I mean, it didn't seem like it took very, very long before they decided to uh, give uh, Nico Rosberg an ambassador role with uh, with Mercedes. So very strange uh, that uh, and and I think that was something that we talked about on the on the on the podcast uh, before that this was just uh, Mark and myself uh, speculating that maybe that might be one of the things that Lewis wants as part of his uh, contract uh, with Mercedes with the fact to be, you know, an ambassador, give him some, you know, stock in the team, share in the team. You know, there, there's not very many people that are shareholders, give him a stake in ownership. And, you know, after he's been so wildly successful with them over the, over the past 10 years, why wouldn't you? I mean, they've made a huge, uh, you know, carved a huge chunk out of the history books uh, for themselves, but it just sort of seems kind of crazy to me that should these uh, rumored perks and bells and whistles and, you know, the massive uh, amount of money he's going to get paid in 2025 and in 2026 as well. Why couldn't uh, Mercedes do that? Like, why did they not uh, throw that, uh, you know, throw that money Lewis's way as well? I mean, for, you know, <laughs> Mercedes, obviously a huge brand. They got the, the 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 money and piles of it. I mean, you can just walk outside right now. You're, it won't be too long before you go down the street and you see a, a, a Mercedes or two driving by. I mean, there's tons of them around where I live. That's the same. I mean, it's a global brand. I mean, obviously Ferrari uh, has uh, has deep pockets as well. But I, I'm just kind of surprised that that. When you kind of look at, uh, and, and I know this is uh, purely speculation where we don't know the terms and conditions and all the the interesting sort of uh, bits and pieces about a Formula One contract, but it almost seems that if you can kind of take the rumored Mercedes uh, contract that uh, Lewis uh, had just signed last summer to the the the, the, the deal that he's uh, you know signed with Ferrari potentially, that um, you know they're you know they decided not to throw a big uh, whack of money at Lewis's way. Anyways, it is what it is. We'll see how it uh, continues uh, to play out. Anyways, going to take a, a quick tra- a break here. Going to come back in a couple of moments and going to talk a little bit more. I'm um, going to talk about uh, Lewis's uh, engineer, Peter Bonington, and what might happen with him. Going to talk a little bit more about uh, Andretti and their recent bid to, to join F, uh, F1 that was over, not overturned, but uh, denied, and that uh, broke last week. And then uh, some interesting news uh, regarding the Japanese Grand Prix. So we're going to do that in moments. I'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Going to keep it short and sweet tonight, as I said, uh, off the top of the show here. Getting late, it's already pushing 11.30 here on the West Coast. Um, did want to just uh, briefly talk about Lewis's longtime race engineer, Peter Bonington. Um it would just make sense that the two of them are going to uh, pair up again at uh, Ferrari. So Total Wolf uh, says that the team are, are ready to discuss uh, a move for Bonington from Mercedes to, to Ferrari. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, of course, would have to uh, take place after the end of the, this season. So uh, anyways, uh, Toto had to say, quote, I think this is a discussion which everyone needs to have in the months to come. As much as I've spoken to Bono already, when I told him about Hamilton's move, he said, is it April the 1st, end quote. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the, the interesting thing is, of course, that when it comes to, to, to Formula One, when it comes to key personnel, uh, you know, the, the, the people at the uh, at, at the top of the pyramid, if you want to call it that, some of the more senior people, there's this interesting concept which uh, you don't often see or you don't really see at all in any other sports is the, uh, you know, the gardening leave that, uh, you know, when they go from, from one team to another, there's always a period in which they can't immediately join a new team. Usually it comes to more like the, the, the technical staff, engineers, design team principles and things like that but uh it'd be interesting to see whether or not uh, they could work uh, something out uh, with uh, between bonnington mercedes and ferrari so he could start there and help uh, lewis at the beginning of next season because if you look at the calendar this year the final race of the 2024 formula One world championship in abu dhabi doesn't wrap up until december 8th and then to be potentially available to start at 2025 and start getting integrated in the team getting prepared for the start of next season season is a, a very small window indeed but we'll see uh, whether or not uh, they can do that uh, and, and it would make sense i mean uh, bonnington and lewis hamilton have been uh, together for a very very long time they've obviously enjoyed a lot of uh, success together and uh, they they know each other very well and you know obviously going uh, to ferrari for lewis is uh, full of a lot of unknowns it would take a, a you know a lot of pressure well, maybe a lot of pressure, but uh, would certainly probably take a lot of uh, off of his shoulders if uh, he's immediately working uh, together with someone he's so uh, intimately familiar with, like uh, Peter Bonington. So certainly one to uh, to keep an eye on uh, moving forward over the months uh, ahead. So just talking about um, 
Abu Dhabi and you know we could always go back and talk about that race in Abu Dhabi in 2021 so it's interesting because there was a court decision uh, not so uh, long ago uh, in the uh, the FIA's International Court of Appeal regarding uh, an inter- international GT Open event at Spielberg in Austria this past uh, September so the International Court of Appeal decided that it would be wrong to nullify or cancel out the the result of that race because of uh, a mistake uh, by the 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 race director so of course i mean kind of just to go over the high points again and you know this will be an evergreen topic you know the 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 whole discussion about what happened at the uh the end of the 2021 abu dhabi grand prix in which uh max verstappen won his first uh, world championship you had this in in the closing stages of the race you had uh, nicholas latifi crash brought out a safety car there was all sorts of uh confusion or some people always uh, shenanigans uh i guess uh, other people will say and depending on your point of view you might be a little bit uh, harsher anyways uh, the race director michael massey didn't follow what were established protocols after safety car period kind of uh, mixed up the order and then decided to get the 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 race going again with a single lap to go max verstappen uh, changed uh, tires lewis uh, was uh, decided to stay uh, stay out on track and um, max fresh rubber over that uh, one lap was uh, able to pass lewis and just fly by him go on win the first uh, world championship Mercedes uh, lodged a couple of protests uh, after the race, and then uh, I'll, I'll just read some of the uh, high points out of the the, the, the statement from uh, Mercedes. They said, quote, together with Lewis, we have deliberated carefully how we're going to respond to the events at the F1 season finale. We've always been guided by our love of the sport, and we believe that every competition should be one on merit. In the race on Sunday, many felt, us included, that the way things unfolded was not right. The person we protested the race result on Sunday was because the safety car regulations were applied in a new way that affected the race result. After Lewis had been in a commanding lead and on course to win the world championship, we appealed in the interest of sporting fairness. We have since been in a constructive dialogue with the FIA and Formula One to create clarity for the future so all competitors know the rules under which they are racing and how they will be enforced. Uh, they went on to say, quote, so we will actively work with the commission to build a better F1 uh, for every team and every fan who loves the sport as much as we do. We do. We will hold the FIA accountable for this process and hereby uh, withdraw our appeal. So that was after the Formula One uh, in- investigation. And of course, uh, a lot of what, uh, what happened was that it was not very far from the end of the race when uh, Nicholas Latifi had his uh, crash. I believe it was about five or six laps from the end. Uh, Lewis uh, was out in front and uh, it looked like it was all set at that point. And then uh, before they got uh, back to racing again, they could have finished under yellow flag. I mean, it, uh, it's happened uh, before. Um, they decided to kind of shake up the the, the, the race order, kind of like car, you know, lap cars and lap themselves and not. You know, there, there was a whole bunch of very confusing things uh, going on. I mean, at the end of the day, what, uh, what really happened or what was important was that they decided to, to go racing with one lap left and then... Lewis just couldn't uh, stay out in front of Max. I mean, it, it wasn't any doing of Max. I mean, he he beat Lewis fair and square on the uh, on the track, but the procedure that uh, Michael Massey followed, and I mean, he subsequently paid for it uh, for his uh, you know with his job. I mean, it's not the, the the race director in Formula One anymore, but I mean, they you know it just 
it was bizarre the way that it all sort of un- unfolded. Anyways, there was a sort of a similar situation with this uh, race in uh, in Austria at Spielberg last uh, September when there was a bunch of uh, you know strange things going on. So it involved a safety car. It was a little bit uh, different. So after yellow, yellow flag period, the, they had a race restart. Uh, the race restart was uh, with the wrong order in uh, with the cars on the track. And then following the the end of the race, uh, Team Moto Park they uh, submitted a protest. They asked for the the race result to be changed or nullified. And then just like it happened in Abu Dhabi and Formula One a couple of years ago, that uh, that, that protest was re- rejected by the race stewards. So the team decided to appeal, and that appeal was uh, subsequently heard by a, a court of the Spanish Federation. The judges uh, took the opposite view to the stewards, canceled the results all, almost a month after the race uh, had taken place. And then another team that was there, Optima Motorsport, challenged that decision and took the, uh, the the case to the International Court of Appeal. Uh, this was heard about a month ago, and then there was a, a full result and an explanation that uh, came out earlier this past week. Uh, so the International Court of Appeal basically backed the original uh, judgment of the stewards and canceled the, the decision of the Spanish court and then reinstated the race result as it was uh, declared uh, you know, on the day in question. So what happened that uh, as a result of that, Optimum uh, McLaren drivers Sam DeHaan and Charlie Fagg were declared the champions instead of uh, East Talent Racing Audi drivers Christopher Haas and uh, Simon Riker. So very, very uh, interesting. The um, Some of the quotes here in the statement from uh, the International Court of Appeals were, quote, race director did commit a breach of the regulations. And then they went on to uh, say the, the court decides, therefore, that neither the stewards nor the uh, NCA, and this is uh, the Spanish uh, National Court, had the power to cancel the race. Uh, end quote. So anyway, so they went on to say that there was a provision in the regulations for them to amend or cancel the race result, but also stressed uh, that, uh, you know, doing so must be done under very restrictive uh, circumstances and then referred to a bunch of uh, uh, different um, items in the international sporting codes, uh, which sort of basically says that this uh, principle of uh you know re- regarding rest- uh, restrictive circumstances is fundamental and must be central in the decision of the court so it gets uh, kind of tricky anyways so very uh, interesting so the, the, you know it hasn't been the first time but i guess that would have uh, you know if you kind of uh, apply the same logic to it had it actually you know had mercedes gone ahead there's a very good uh, likelihood that uh, it would have met with the same uh, fate um anyways a couple of quick things here just uh, before uh, finish up uh, for tonight night so um of course so we found out on wednesday that uh, that that uh, the andretti cadillac bid for 2025 2026 to enter formula one was denied and there's a couple of very interesting things that have uh, come out uh, subsequently and if you take a look, there was a, a statement that came out on Friday that was released by uh, Andretti Cadillac, and I'm just going to read it. So it's, it's, it's about a half page long. It's all over the place. Uh, you can uh, take a look for, for yourself and find a copy. Just go go even onto X or uh, just uh, Google it up. Anyways, it says, uh, quote, Andretti Cadillac would like to address two initial topics in the statement released by Formula One management. Uh, the first one being when Andretti Cadillac entered the FI expression of interest process almost 
almost a year ago, the preferred year of uh, first year of participation was indicated as 2025. The FIA approved our application with no specific limitation on whether the entry was for 2025 or 2026. Andretti Cadillac has been operating with 2026 as the year of entry for many months now. The technicality of 2025 still being part of the application is a result of the length of this uh, process. Uh, The second point uh, says, uh, quote, we were not aware uh, that the offer of a meeting had been extended and would not decline a meeting with Formula One management. An in-person meeting to discuss commercial matters would be and remains of paramount importance to Andretti Cadillac. We welcome the opportunity to meet with Formula One management and have written to them confirming our interest. Our work continues at pace. Anyways, it goes on the uh, list, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, media folks that, uh, you know, for, for additional information. Uh, so basically they've blown out one of the very key points to why the, uh, the, you know, why their application <laughs> was denied. So basically there, there was a couple of points uh, that they said, and, and uh, Josh Cooper and I talked about it at length on, uh, on Thursday night. One of them was the fact that they didn't have, uh, an agreement in place with a power unit supplier. You know, they were all very, you know, enthusiastic uh, about uh, bringing GM into the sport at some point to supply them with uh, power units. Andretti did previously have an agreement in place with uh, with Renault to have customer engines uh, in the interim. That had kind of lapsed that uh, that that understanding. So there was nothing officially in place, but they've had a loose uh, working relationship you know, for a little while now, as, as far as I can recall. So that was uh, very interesting. And the second one was the fact that uh, they, they decided to deny this um, you know, bid by Andretti to join Formula One was the fact was that they 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 said that they had a big issue with the you know they wanted to come in in 2025 so in a very short amount of time they'd have to design and build a car uh, for, for 2025. And then we're going to get this d- giant shift as we go into the new, uh, regulatory cycle in 2026 and basically have to b- build a, a brand new car from then. And they felt like building two fundamentally different cars in such a short amount of time was, um, pretty much a hard no from them. But if you read, uh, I mean that, that first bullet point in this uh, press release from uh, Andretti Cadillac, essentially blows that uh you know that logic uh, to deny them the entry right out of the water because they say the you know, the you know the reason why 2025 was in there is that they've been through this process for so long that's what it was when they filed the paperwork but they've basically been operating with the uh you know with the premise with the with the date of 2026 is going to be their first year so they're not even really looking towards de- uh, you know designing a car for next year they're looking 2 years down the road so that effectively blows that uh, argument out of the the, the 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 water and of course the the third real reason that they said that uh, you know there's there was a couple more bullet points but basically what the the, the rest of the di- denial of their application was they felt that uh, Andretti Cadillac was going to benefit uh, more from being uh, associated with formula one than the other way around and you know i there was that uh, information and you know the people at autosport really helped out on that because it's one of the first things i saw next they compiled all these amazing stats that uh, that the andrettis have accomplished in decades not just in formula one but uh, other uh, forms of 
racing as well. And uh, I, I mean, that record speaks for them, <laughs> you know, for for itself. You know, the the, the number of races won in Formula One, uh, you know, Formula One World Championship. You know what they've done. You know how many times they've won the Indy Five Hundred and Indy titles and all these. You know, incredibly impressive things. So it's not like they're a brand new startup with a kind of like dodgy connections or you know <laughs> you know questionable credentials i mean uh Andretti, i mean the, the these guys are legit so very very interesting but the, the other part too just the fact that they never got this email so apparently what has happened was that there was an email sent to andretti to send to, to to michael andretti you know inviting them to come to speak to to, to fom about their their application so apparently it came just from some staffer over uh over there went to michael andretti's email but apparently it, it didn't get through the the, the spam filters end up in his spam folders who actually never actually saw that so you know they they did mention fom did mention in that um in their justification that uh, press release that uh, you know they came out middle of last week that uh, they'd extended that offer to um to, to meet with andretti and they basically did not answer them it's not like they ghosted them or or anything like that it's just like uh you know like you know, okay, thanks. We'll get back to you. And they just never did. They just never responded. So apparently uh, Andretti's IT people uh, went and took a, a look through their mail servers and did find this thing buried uh, away in, uh, you know, somewhere in Michael Andretti's spam folder. I don't know how much email and spam Michael Andretti gets on uh, on a daily basis. Obviously, I'm not privy to <laughs> what's in his uh, inbox, but uh, I mean, it must have been buried in there quite uh, quite substantially if it took the, the IT folks, uh, you know, uh, as long as they took them to to find it but it was there and they just uh, didn't know about it and uh, I think that's uh, probably a phenomenal experience that uh, we've all had at uh, some point uh, in the past anyways finally just uh, really quickly here before I wrap it up so uh, there's a deal in place now for the Japanese Grand Prix to stay at uh, Suzuka until 2029 so almost until the the end of the, uh, the, the decade so this is interesting because uh, I just talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that um, that uh, in Osaka in Japan, they've uh, decided that they want to have a, a, a race there as well. So uh, who knows? Uh, you know, there's some speculation out there that now that they've uh, renewed the Japanese Grand Prix for another several years, that uh, maybe this quashes the the likelihood that uh, we might have a street race in Oka- in Osaka, Japan, anytime uh, soon. But you know, I'll have to be quite honest. I, I'm very, very glad that uh, this has happened. Suzuka is one of my favorite all time tracks. Uh, it's there, there's just so many amazing things about this track that I love. I mean, there's the Suzuka S's, the R130. I mean. I, you know, I've got this sort of love affair with Japan anyways. So uh, I, I don't know. It's it just for me, it's one of those great tracks on the Formula One calendar. I would have uh, been very, very disappointed to, to, to see it to disappear. I mean, we've seen a number of uh, tracks disappear over the years. And and of course, I mean, Formula One's a business like anything else. I mean, uh, it doesn't just uh, come down to drivers and teams and, you know, people like Lewis Hamilton switching that uh, things up because they want to. I mean, that's, uh, you know, part of it too. There's a free and open market uh, for not just uh the the race organizers in formula one but uh there, there's this whole package that kind of uh, goes with it so uh, but for me good news glad to see that uh, we're going to be uh, going back to suzuka until uh, at least the end of uh, the decade anyways i'm going to wrap it up uh, right there just uh, felt that uh, there was enough to talk about here on a sunday night and there's actually quite a bit more but uh, don't really have a, a lot of time to do that uh, this evening but uh, thank you uh, all uh, for for jumping in and taking time to listen to the show 
show be back on uh, Thursday night. What we're looking at uh, to do the show as usual. And until then, uh, if you want to get in touch, by all means, uh, send me an email, scooteryf1pod at gmail.com or just to slide into the DMs on X at scooteryf1pod and uh, we'll get back to you or read them out on the show. I mean, I try to keep up with all the tweets and everything that came in over the past couple of days, but it was a, like a bit of an avalanche. Everybody was talking about Andretti. Everybody was talking about uh, what, what was happening with Lewis and uh, it was just a little bit too much uh, to go through. Anyways, have a great week. Be back in a couple of days. Talk to you all again very soon. Bye for now.